The Preamble, Part 4 of Laws by Plato, translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. And now the game opens and we begin to move the pieces. At first sight, our Constitution may appear singular and ill-adapted to a legislator who has not despotic power but on second thoughts will be deemed to be, if not the very best, the second best. For there are three forms of government, a first, a second, and a third best, out of which Cleinias has now to choose. The first and highest form is that in which friends have all things in common, including wives and property, in which they have common fears, hopes, desires, and do not even call their eyes or their hands their own. This is the ideal state, than which there never can be a truer or better, a state whether inhabited by gods or sons of gods, which will make the dwellers therein blessed. Here is the pattern on which we must ever fix our eyes, but we are now concerned with another, which comes next to it, and we will afterwards proceed to a third. Inasmuch as our citizens are not fitted either by nature or education to receive the saying, friends have all things in common, let them retain their houses and private property, but use them in the service of their country, who is their god and parent, and of the gods and demigods of the land. Their first care should be to preserve the number of their lots. This may be secured in the following manner. When the possessor of a lot dies, he shall leave his lot to his best beloved child, who will become the heir of all duties and interests, and will minister to the gods and to the family, to the living and to the dead. Of the remaining children, the females must be given in marriage according to the law to be hereafter enacted. The males may be assigned to citizens who have no children of their own, how to equalize families and allotments will be one of the chief cares of the guardians of the laws. When parents have too many children, they may give to those who have none, or couples may abstain from having children, or if there is a want of offspring, special care may be taken to obtain them, or if the number of citizens becomes excessive, we may send away the surplus to found a colony." If, on the other hand, a war or plague diminishes the number of inhabitants, new citizens must be introduced, and these ought not, if possible, to be men of low birth or inferior training, but even God, it is said, cannot always fight against necessity. Wherefore, we will thus address our citizens, good friends, honor, order, and equality, and above all the number 5,040. Secondly, respect the original division of the lots, which must not be infringed by buying and selling, for the law says that the land which a man has is sacred and is given to him by God, and priests and priestesses will offer frequent sacrifices and pray that he who alienates either house or lot may receive the punishment which he deserves, and their prayers shall be inscribed on tablets of cypress wood for the instruction of posterity." The guardians will keep a vigilant watch over the citizens, and they will punish those who disobey God and the law. To appreciate the benefit of such an institution, a man requires to be well educated, for he certainly will not make a fortune in our state in which all illiberal occupations are forbidden to free men. 
The law also provides that no private person shall have gold or silver except a little coin for daily use, which will not pass current in other countries. The state must also possess a common Hellenic currency, but this is only to be used in defraying the expenses of expeditions or of embassies or while a man is on foreign travels. But in the latter case he must deliver up what is over when he comes back to the treasury in return for an equal amount of local currency on pain of losing the sum in question. And he who does not inform against an offender is to be mulcted in a like sum no money is to be given or taken as a dowry or to be lent on interest the law will not protect a man in recovering either interest or principal all these regulations imply that the aim of the legislator is not to make the city as rich or as mighty as possible but the best and happiest now men can hardly be at the same time very virtuous and very rich and why because he who makes twice as much and saves twice as much as he ought receiving where he ought not and not spending where he ought will be at least twice as rich as he who makes money where he ought and spends where he ought on the other hand an utterly bad man is generally profligate and poor while he who acquires honestly and spends what he acquires on noble objects can hardly be very rich a very rich man is therefore not a good man and therefore not a happy one but the object of our laws is to make the citizens as friendly and happy as possible which they cannot be if they are always at law and injuring each other in the pursuit of gain and therefore we say that there is to be no silver or gold in the state nor usury nor the rearing of the meaner kinds of livestock but only agriculture and only so much of this as will not lead men to neglect that for the sake of which money is made first the soul and afterwards the body neither of which are good for much without music and gymnastic money is to be held in honour last or third the highest interests being those of the soul and in the second class are to be ranked those of the body this is the true order of legislation which would be inverted by placing health before temperance and wealth before health it might be well if every man could come to the colony having equal property but equality is impossible and therefore we must avoid causes of offence by having property valued and by equalizing taxation to this end let us make four classes in which the citizens may be placed according to the measure of their original property and the changes of their fortune the greatest of evils is revolution and this as the law will say is caused by extremes of poverty or wealth the limit of poverty shall be the lot which must not be diminished and may be increased fivefold but not more he who exceeds the limit must give up the excess to the state but if he does not and is informed against the surplus shall be divided between the informer and the gods and he shall pay a sum equal to the surplus out of his own property all property other than the lot must be inscribed in a register so that any disputes which arise may be easily determined the city shall be placed in a suitable situation as nearly as possible in the centre of the country and shall be divided into twelve wards first we will erect an acropolis encircled by a wall within which shall be placed the temples of hestia and zeus and athena from this shall be drawn lines dividing the city and also the country into twelve sections and the country shall be subdivided into five thousand forty lots 
each lot shall contain two parts one at a distance the other near the city and the distance of one part shall be compensated by the nearness of the other the badness and goodness by the greater or less size twelve lots will be assigned to twelve gods and they will give their names to the tribes the divisions of the city shall correspond to those of the country and every man shall have two habitations one near the centre of the country the other at the extremity the objection will naturally arise that all the advantages of which we have been speaking will never concur the citizens will not tolerate a settlement in which they are deprived of gold and silver and have the number of their families regulated and the sites of their houses fixed by law it will be said that our city is a mere image of wax and the legislator will answer i know it but i maintain that we ought to set forth an ideal which is as perfect as possible if difficulties arise in the execution of the plan we must avoid them and carry out the remainder but the legislator must first be allowed to complete his idea without interruption the number twelve which we have chosen for the number of division must run through all parts of the state fratries villages ranks of soldiers coins and measures wet and dry which are all to be made commensurable with one another there is no meanness in requiring that the smallest vessel should have a common measure for the divisions of number are useful in measuring height and depth as well as sounds and motions upwards or downwards or round and round the legislator should impress on his citizens the value of arithmetic no instrument of education has so much power nothing more tends to sharpen and inspire the dull intellect but the legislator must be careful to instill a noble and generous spirit into the students or they will tend to become cunning rather than wise this may be proved by the example of the egyptians and phoenicians who notwithstanding their knowledge of arithmetic are degraded in their general character whether this defect in them is due to some natural cause or to a bad legislator for it is clear that there are great differences in the power of regions to produce good men heat and cold and water and food have great effects both on body and soul and those spots are peculiarly fortunate in which the air is holy and the gods are pleased to dwell to all this the legislator must attend so far as in him lies book six and now we are about to consider one the appointment of magistrates two the laws which they will have to administer must be determined i may observe by the way that laws however good are useless and even injurious unless the magistrates are capable of executing them and therefore one the intended rulers of our imaginary state should be tested from their youth upwards until the time of their election and two those who are to elect them ought to be trained in habits of law that they may form a right judgment of good and bad men but uneducated colonists who are unacquainted with each other will not be likely to choose well what then shall we do i will tell you the colony will have to be entrusted to the ten commissioners of whom you are one and i will help you in them which is my reason for inventing this romance and i cannot bear that the tale should go wandering about the world without a head it will be such an ugly monster very good yes and i will be as good as my word if god be gracious and old age permit but let us not forget what a courageously mad creation this our city is 
what makes you say so why surely our courage is shown in imagining that the new colonists will quietly receive our laws for no man likes to receive laws when they are first imposed could we only wait until those who had been educated under them were grown up and of an age to vote in the public elections there would be far greater reason to expect permanence in our institutions very true the Kenosian founders should take the utmost pains in the matter of the colony and in the election of the higher officers particularly of the guardians of the law the latter should be appointed in this way the Kenosians who take the lead in the colony together with the colonists will choose thirty-seven persons of whom nineteen will be colonists and the remaining eighteen Kenosians. you must be one of the eighteen yourself and become a citizen of the new state why do not you and megillus join us athens is proud and sparta too and they are both a long way off but let me proceed with my scheme when the state is permanently established the mode of election will be as follows all who are serving or have served in the army will be electors and the election will be held in the most sacred of the temples the voter will place on the altar a tablet inscribing thereupon the name of the candidate whom he prefers and of his father tribe and ward writing at the side of them his own name in like manner and he may take away any tablet which does not appear written to his mind and place it in the agora for thirty days the three hundred who obtain the greatest number of votes will be publicly announced and out of them there will be a second election of one hundred and out of the one hundred a third and final election of thirty-seven accompanied by the solemnity of the electors passing through victims but then who is to arrange all this there is a common saying that the beginning is half the whole and i should say a good deal more than half most true the only way of making a beginning is from the parent city and though in after ages the tie may be broken and quarrels may arise between them yet in early days the child naturally looks to the mother for care and education and as i said before the Kenosians ought to take an interest in the colony and select one hundred elders of their own citizens to whom shall be added one hundred of the colonists to arrange and supervise the first elections and scrutinies and when the colony has been started the Kenosians may return home and leave the colonists to themselves the thirty-seven magistrates who have been elected in the manner described shall have the following duties first they shall be guardians of the law secondly of the registers of property in the four classes not including the one two three four many which are allowed as a surplus he who is found to possess what is not entered in the registers in addition to the confiscation of such property shall be proceeded against by law and if he be cast he shall lose his share in the public property and in distributions of money and his sentence shall be inscribed in some public place the guardians are to continue in office twenty years only and to commence holding office at fifty years or if elected at sixty they are not to remain after seventy generals have now to be elected and commanders of horse and brigadiers of foot the generals shall be natives of the city proposed by the guardians of the law and elected by those who are or have been of the age for military service any one may challenge the person nominated and start another candidate whom he affirms upon oath to be better qualified the three who obtain the greatest number of votes shall be elected the generals thus elected shall propose the taxiarchs or brigadiers 
and the challenge may be made and the voting shall take place in the same manner as before the elective assembly will be presided over in the first instance and until the prytanes and council come into being by the guardians of the law in some holy place and they shall divide the citizens into three divisions hoplites cavalry and the rest of the army placing each of them by itself all are to vote for generals and cavalry officers the brigadiers are to be voted for only by the hoplites next the cavalry are to choose phylarchs for the generals but captains of archers and other irregular troops are to be appointed by the generals themselves the cavalry officers shall be proposed and voted upon by the same persons who vote for the generals the two who have the greatest number of votes shall be leaders of all the horse disputes about the voting may be raised once or twice but if a third time the presiding officers shall decide the council shall consist of three hundred and sixty who may be conveniently divided into four sections making ninety councillors of each class in the first place all the citizens shall select candidates from the first class and they shall be compelled to vote under pain of a fine this shall be the business of the first day on the second day a similar selection shall be made from the second class under the same conditions on the third day candidates shall be selected from the third class but the compulsion to vote shall only extend to the voters of the first three classes on the fourth day members of the council shall be selected from the fourth class they shall be selected by all but the compulsion to vote shall only extend to the second class who if they do not vote shall pay a fine of triple the amount which was exacted at first and to the first class who shall pay a quadruple fine on the fifth day the names shall be exhibited and out of them shall be chosen by all the citizens one hundred and eighty of each class these are severally to be reduced by a lot to ninety and ninety times four will form the council for the year the mode of election which has been described is a mean between monarchy and democracy and such a mean should ever be observed in the state for servants and masters cannot be friends and although equality makes friendship we must remember that there are two sorts of equality one of them is the rule of number and measure but there is also a higher quality which is the judgment of zeus of this he grants but little to mortal men yet that little is the source of the greatest good to cities and individuals it is proportioned to the nature of each man it gives more to the better and less to the inferior and is the true political justice to this we in our state desire to look as every legislator should not to the interests either of tyrants or mobs but justice cannot always be strictly enforced and then equity and mercy have to be substituted and for a similar reason when true justice will not be endured we must have recourse to the rougher justice of the lot which god must be entreated to guide these are the principal means of preserving the state but perpetual care will also be required when a ship is sailing on the sea vigilance must not be relaxed night or day and the vessel of state is tossing in a political sea and therefore watch must continually succeed watch and rulers must join hands with rulers a small body will best perform this duty and therefore the greater part of the three hundred and sixty senators may be permitted to go and manage their own affairs but a twelfth portion must be set aside in each month for the administration of the state their business will be to receive information and answer embassies also they must endeavour to prevent or heal internal disorders and with this object they must have the control of all assemblies of the citizens 
Besides the council, there must be wardens of the city and of the agora, who will superintend houses, ways, harbors, markets, and fountains in the city and the suburbs, and prevent any injury being done to them by man or beast. The temples also will require priests and priestesses. Those who hold the priestly office by hereditary tenure shall not be disturbed. But as there will probably be few or none such in a new colony, priests and priestesses shall be appointed for the gods who have no servants. Some of these officers shall be elected by vote, some by lot, and all classes shall mingle in a friendly manner at the elections. The appointment of priests should be left to God, that is, to the lot. But the person elected must prove that he is himself sound in body and of legitimate birth, and that his family has been free from homicide or any other stain of impurity. Priests and priestesses are to be not less than sixty years of age, and shall hold office for a year only. The laws which are to regulate matters of religion shall be brought from Delphi, and interpreters appointed to superintend their execution. These shall be elected in the following manner. The twelve tribes shall be formed into three bodies of four, each of which shall select four candidates, and this shall be done three times. Of each twelve thus selected, the three who receive the largest number of votes, nine in all, after undergoing a scrutiny, shall go to Delphi, in order that the god may elect one out of each triad. They shall be appointed for life, and when any of them dies, another shall be elected by the four tribes who made the original appointment. There shall also be treasurers of the temples, three for the greater temples, two for the lesser, and one for those of least importance. The defense of the city should be committed to the generals and other officers of the army, and to the wardens of the city and agora. The defense of the country shall be on this wise. The twelve tribes shall allot among themselves annually the twelve divisions of the country, and each tribe shall appoint five wardens and commanders of the watch. The five wardens in each division shall choose out of their own tribe twelve guards who are to be between twenty-five and thirty years of age. Both the wardens and the guards are to serve two years, and they shall make a round of the divisions, staying a month in each. They shall go from west to east during the first year, and back from east to west during the second. Thus they will gain a perfect knowledge of the country at every season of the year. While on service, their first duty will be to see that the country is well protected by means of fortifications and entrenchments. They will use the beasts of burden and the laborers whom they find on the spot, taking care, however, not to interfere with the regular course of agriculture. But while they thus render the country as inaccessible as possible to enemies, they will also make it as accessible as possible to friends by constructing and maintaining good roads. They will restrain and preserve the rain which comes down from heaven, making the barren places fertile and the wet places dry. They will ornament the fountains with plantations and buildings, and provide water for irrigation at all seasons of the year. They will lead the streams to the temples and groves of the gods, and in such spots the youth shall make gymnasia for themselves, and warm baths for the aged, there the rustic worn with toil will receive a kindly welcome and be far better treated than at the hands of an unskilful doctor 
these works will be both useful and ornamental but the sixty wardens must not fail to give serious attention to other duties for they must watch over the districts assigned to them and also act as judges in small matters the five commanders shall decide in greater matters up to three many the five commanders and the twelve guards like all other judges except those who have the final decision they shall be liable to give an account if the wardens impose unjust tasks on the villagers or take by force their crops or implements or yield to flattery or bribes in deciding suits let them be publicly dishonored in regard to any other wrongdoing if the question be of a mina let the neighbors decide but if the accused person will not submit trusting that his monthly removals will enable him to escape payment and also in suits about a larger amount the injured party may have recourse to the common court in the former case if successful he may exact a double penalty the wardens and guards while on their two years service shall live and eat together and the guard who is absent from the daily meals without permission or sleeps out at night shall be regarded as a deserter and may be punished by any one who meets him if any of the commanders is guilty of such an irregularity the whole sixty shall have him punished and he of them who screens him shall suffer a still heavier penalty than the offender himself now by service a man learns to rule and he should pride himself upon serving well the laws and the gods all his life and upon having served ancient and honourable men in his youth the twelve and the five should be their own servants and use the labour of the villagers only for the good of the public let them search the country through and acquire a perfect knowledge of every locality with this view hunting and field sports should be encouraged next we have to speak of the elections of the wardens of the agora and of the city the wardens of the city shall be three in number and they shall have the care of the streets roads buildings and also of the water supply they shall be chosen out of the highest class and when the number of candidates has been reduced to six who have the greatest number of votes three out of the six shall be taken by lot and after a scrutiny shall be admitted to their office the wardens of the agora shall be five in number ten are to be first elected and every one shall vote for all the vacant places the ten shall be afterwards reduced to five by lot as in the former election the first and second class shall be compelled to go to the assembly but not the third and fourth unless they are specially summoned the wardens of the agora shall have the care of the temples and fountains which are in the agora and shall punish those who injure them by stripes and bonds if they be slaves or strangers and by fines if they be citizens and the wardens of the city shall have a similar power of inflicting punishment and fines in their own department in the next place there must be directors of music and gymnastic one class of them superintending gymnasia and schools and the attendance and lodging of the boys and girls the other having to do with contests of music and gymnastic in musical contests there shall be one kind of judges of solo singing or playing who will judge of rhapsodists flute players harp players and the like and another of choruses there shall be choruses of men and boys and maidens one director will be enough to introduce them all and he should not be less than forty years of age secondly of solos also there shall be one director aged not less than thirty years he will introduce the competitors and give judgment upon them 
The director of the choruses is to be elected in an assembly at which all who take an interest in music are compelled to attend, and no one else. Candidates must only be proposed for their fitness and opposed on the ground of unfitness. Ten are to be elected by vote, and the one of these on whom the lot falls shall be director for a year. Next shall be elected out of the second and third classes the judges of gymnastic contests, who are to be three in number and are to be tested after being chosen by lot out of twenty who have been elected by the three highest classes, these being compelled to attend at the election. One minister remains who will have the general superintendence of education. He must be not less than fifty years old and be himself the father of children born in wedlock. His office must be regarded by all as the highest in the state. For the right growth of the first shoot in plants and animals is the chief cause of matured perfection. Man is supposed to be a tame animal, but he becomes either the gentlest or the fiercest of creatures, accordingly as he is well or ill-educated. Wherefore, he who is elected to preside over education should be the best man possible. He shall hold office for five years and shall be elected out of the guardians of the law by the votes of the other magistrates with the exception of the Senate and Praetanes, and the election shall be held by ballot in the Temple of Apollo. When a magistrate dies before his term of office has expired, another shall be elected in his place, and if the guardian of an orphan dies, the relations shall appoint another within ten days or be fined a drachma a day for neglect. The city which has no courts of law will soon cease to be a city, and a judge who sits in silence and leaves the inquiry to the litigants or as in arbitrations is not a good judge. A few judges are better than many, but the few must be good. The matter in dispute should be clearly elicited. Time and examination will find out the truth. Causes should first be tried before a court of neighbors. If the decision is unsatisfactory, let them be referred to a higher court, or if necessary to a higher still, of which the decision shall be final. Every magistrate is a judge, and every judge is a magistrate on the day on which he is deciding the suit. This will therefore be an appropriate place to speak of judges and their functions. The supreme tribunal will be that on which the litigants agree, and let there be two other tribunals, one for public and the other for private causes. The high court of appeal shall be composed as follows. All the officers of state shall meet on the last day but one of the year in some temple, and choose for a judge the best man out of every magistracy. And those who are elected after they have undergone a scrutiny shall be judges of appeal." they shall give their decisions openly in the presence of the magistrates who have elected them and the public may attend if anybody charges one of them with having intentionally decided wrong he shall lay his accusation before the guardians of the law and if the judge be found guilty he shall pay damages to the extent of half the injury unless the guardians of the law deem that he deserves a severer punishment in which case the judges shall assess the penalty as the whole people are injured by offences against the state, they should share in the trial of them. Such causes should originate with the people and be decided by them. The inquiry shall take place before any three of the highest magistrates upon whom the defendant and plaintiff can agree. Also in private suits, all should judge as far as possible, and therefore there should be a court of law in every ward. 
for he who has no share in the administration of justice believes that he has no share in the state the judges in these courts shall be elected by lot and give their decision at once the final judgment in all cases shall rest with the court of appeal and so having done with the appointment of courts and the election of officers we will now make our laws your way of proceeding stranger is admirable then so far our old man's game of play has gone off well say rather our serious and noble pursuit perhaps but let me ask you whether you have ever observed the manner in which painters put in and rub out colour yet their endless labour will last but a short time unless they leave behind them some successor who will restore the picture and remove its defects certainly and have we not a similar object at the present moment we are old ourselves and therefore we must leave our work of legislation to be improved and perfected by the next generation not only making laws for our guardians but making them lawgivers we must at least do our best let us address them as follows beloved saviors of the laws we give you an outline of legislation which you must fill up according to a rule which we will prescribe for you megillus and cleinias and i are agreed and we hope that you will agree with us in thinking that the whole energies of a man should be devoted to the attainment of manly virtue whether this is to be gained by study or habit or desire or opinion and rather than accept institutions which tend to degrade and enslave him he should fly his country and endure any hardship these are our principles and we would ask you to judge of our laws and praise or blame them accordingly as they are or are not capable of improving our citizens and first of laws concerning religion we have already said that the number five thousand forty has many convenient divisions and we took a twelfth part of this four hundred and twenty which is itself divisible by twelve for the number of the tribe every divisor is a gift of god and corresponds to the months of the year and to the revolution of the universe all cities have a number but none is more fortunate than our own which can be divided by all numbers up to twelve with the exception of eleven and even by eleven if two families are deducted and now let us divide the state assigning to each division some god or demigod who shall have altars raised to them and sacrifices offered twice a month and assemblies shall be held in their honour twelve for the tribes and twelve for the city corresponding to their divisions the object of them will be first to promote religion secondly to encourage friendship and intercourse between families for families must be acquainted before they marry into one another or great mistakes will occur at these festivals there shall be innocent dances of young men and maidens who may have the opportunity of seeing one another in modest undress to the details of all this the masters of choruses and the guardians will attend embodying in laws the results of their experience and after ten years making the laws permanent with the consent of the legislator if he be alive or if he be not alive of the guardians of the law who shall perfect them and settle them once for all at least if any further changes are required the magistrates must take the whole people into council and obtain the sanction of all the oracles whenever any one who is between the ages of twenty-five and thirty-five wants to marry let him do so but first let him hear the strain which we will address to him 
My son, you ought to marry, but not in order to gain wealth or to avoid poverty. Neither should you, as men are wont to do, choose a wife who is like yourself in property and character. You ought to consult the interests of the state rather than your own pleasure, for by equal marriages a society becomes unequal. And yet to enact a law that the rich and mighty shall not marry the rich and mighty, that the quick shall be united to the slow and the slow to the quick, will arouse anger in some persons and laughter in others, for they do not understand that opposite elements ought to be mingled in the state, as wine should be mingled with water. The object at which we aim must therefore be left to the influence of public opinion, and do not forget our former precept that every one should seek to attain immortality and raise up a fair posterity to serve God. Let this be the prelude of the law about the duty of marriage. But if a man will not listen, and at thirty-five years of age is still unmarried, he shall pay an annual fine. If he be of the first class, one hundred drachmas, if of the second, seventy, if of the third, sixty, and if of the fourth, thirty. This fine shall be sacred to Hera, and if he refuse to pay, a tenfold penalty shall be exacted by the treasurer of Hera, who shall be responsible for the payment. Further, the unmarried man shall receive no honor or obedience from the young, and he shall not retain the right of punishing others. A man is neither to give nor receive a dowry beyond a certain fixed sum. In our state, for his consolation, if he be poor, let him know that he need neither receive nor give one, for every citizen is provided with the necessaries of life. Again, if the woman is not rich, her husband will not be her humble servant. He who disobeys this law shall pay a fine according to his class, which shall be exacted by the treasurers of Hera and Zeus. The betrothal of the parties shall be made by the next of kin, or if there are none, by the guardians. The offerings and ceremonies of marriage shall be determined by the interpreters of sacred rites. Let the wedding party be moderate. Five male and five female friends and a like number of kinsmen will be enough. The expense should not exceed for the first class a mina, and for the second half a mina, and should be in like proportion for the other classes. Extravagance is to be regarded as vulgarity, and ignorance of nuptial proprieties. Much wine is only to be drunk at the festivals of Dionysus, and certainly not on the occasion of a marriage. The bride and bridegroom who are taking a great step in life ought to have all their wits about them. They should be especially careful of the night on which God may give them increase, and which this will be none can say. Their bodies and souls should be in the most temperate condition. They should abstain from all that partakes of the nature of disease or vice, which will otherwise become hereditary. There is an original divinity in man which preserves all things, if used with proper respect. He who marries should make one of the two houses on the lot, the nest and nursery of his young. He should leave his father and mother, and then his affection for them will be only increased by absence. He will go forth as to a colony, and will there rear up his offspring, handing on the torch of life to another generation. End of the Preamble Part 4